Are you tired of your digestive system feeling like a circus act gone wrong? Introducing Ritual's 3-in-1 Gut Superhero Symbiotic Plus, a probiotic, prebiotic, and postbiotic all rolled into one. And with 25% off with the code POWER, there's no better time to check out Ritual. Let's break it down. Probiotics are like the cool kids at the gut party, keeping everything in check and making sure the good vibes are flowing. Prebiotics are their wingmen, fueling the party with all the right snacks to keep the good bacteria thriving. And postbiotics, well, they're like the cleanup crew, sweeping away the mess and leaving your gut feeling fresh and fabulous. So say goodbye to the gut drama and remember, there's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com power. Tossing and turning all night like a salad? It's time to put those sleepless nights to bed for good. Enter Tanasi, my sleep saviors, and they have science to back up their sleep, anxiety, and pain-relieving powers. Back in 2016, they invested a $2.5 million grant to Middle Tennessee State University to study the hemp plant. Turns out their special patent-pending CBD-CBDA formula is twice as effective as CBD alone and can be more effective than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. So if you're tired of tossing and turning like a rotisserie chicken, then Tanasi's got your back with their range of great products from tinctures to gummies to lotions. Tanasi is my go-to when I can't sleep or I have way too much anxiety. I'm so glad that I discovered them. So go to Tanasi.com and use the code POWER to get 25% off your order. That's Tanasi.com, T-A-N-A-S-I, to get 25% off your first order with the promo code POWER. Sober Powered is sponsored by BetterHelp. I was a stress drinker and I thought if only I didn't have so much stress, I wouldn't have to drink this much. But do you know why I had all this stress? Because I didn't have the skills to take stressors off my plate so they built up and wore me down. Some stressors are big and others are small, but carrying around 25 minor annoyances is going to have an impact on you. Plus, did you know that alcohol messes with our stress response system and decreases our ability to handle stress? It makes small things seem like a much bigger deal. Learning how to manage stress and take things off my plate has changed my life. I'm calm, I'm less reactive, and I believe that I can handle whatever comes my way. I feel proud of the way that I handle things now. You can get there too. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com sober to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash sober. Welcome back to the Sober Powered Podcast. I'm Jill, and today I want to talk about drinking alone. Drinking alone was my jam. My husband never criticized my drinking, and he never really thought that I was drinking too much. So because of that, I never had to hide my drinking. However, whenever I had the opportunity to drink alone, I was really excited about it. That was when I could really drink the way that I wanted to. And it was always such a bad time at the end of the night. I found a lot of recent studies from the past few years about solitary drinking. And one study even called it serious drinking. 
In this episode, you'll learn more about how drinking alone increases the risk of developing a problem and especially developing a severe problem. You'll also learn why drinking alone becomes so attractive to us and how getting into this cycle creates a major problem. So let's dig in. recent 2022 study, 25% of teens and 40% of young adults report drinking alone in the past year. Drinking alone is thought to be a major risk factor for developing a problem. Most studies on solitary drinking have been cross-sectional, meaning that they only looked at one specific point in time, but there was a study that is in the process of being published in July 2022 that was a longitudinal study, meaning that it followed the same group of people long-term. This particular study followed 18-year-old seniors in high school for 17 years and wanted to see if solitary drinking increased the risk of developing alcohol use disorder by the age of 35. They were specifically looking at solitary drinking at 18 and then again at 23 and 24 years old and if that was linked to developing a problem by the age of 35. One reason that drinking alone can lead to developing a problem later in life is because it can also be associated with binge drinking and binge drinking is also linked to developing alcohol use disorder. Some studies have found that male teens and young adults are more likely to report solitary drinking. So at first, when I read that, I was like, but women drink alone, and that's like kind of our thing, you know? But the hypothesis is that solitary drinking for men is more normalized and less indicative of AUD. So even if more men are drinking alone than women, Drinking alone is a much bigger risk factor of developing AUD for women than it is for men. And I'll get into this more in a bit, but men and women will often drink for different reasons. So in this new study, they used data from surveys of 15,000 12th graders from about 130 different schools each year from 1975 to 2002. So that's a lot of people. And then they randomly selected a portion of these kids to follow up with and checked in with them every year or every other year until they were about 30 and then checked in one more time when they were 35. About half completed a four-year degree and the other half didn't. So not everyone has the same socioeconomic status and educational level too. When the participants were 35, they asked them about their drinking and used the criteria in the DSM-5 to determine whether or not they fit the criteria for alcohol use disorder. So mild AUD was if someone had two or three of the criteria, moderate was four or five, and severe was six and up. So there were a total of eight questions that they were asking. They found that solitary alcohol use was associated with binge drinking and linked to heavier drinking in general. When they controlled for other risk factors of developing AUD, like frequency of drinking, 
frequency of binge drinking, and socioeconomic status, they found that for the 18-year-olds who reported drinking alone, the chances of them developing AUD by 35 was 35% higher than 18-year-olds who did not drink alone. Even more interesting, though, is that for the young adults who reported drinking alone at 23 and 24, their odds of developing AUD by 35 was 60% higher than 23 and 24 year olds who didn't drink alone. So that's a significant risk factor. So you might be thinking, well, this could be mild AUD, which was only when someone had two out of eight of the criteria from the DSM-5. They also looked at just severe AUD, which was when someone had six out of eight of the criteria. So for the 18-year-olds who drank alone, their risk of developing severe AUD was 59% higher than the 18-year-olds who did not drink alone. So said another way, let's say we have 100 kids who didn't drink alone and 10 or so of these kids go on to develop a problem. Then we have 100 kids who do drink alone. So what this 59% increase means is that now 16 of these 100 kids will develop a problem. We know that alcohol has a major impact on the teen brain because it's still developing. I went into this in a lot of detail in episode 29, but binge drinking as a teen can cause alcohol-induced changes to the brain and make it develop in a way that makes it more likely that you will become addicted to alcohol later in life. The teen brain is really sensitive, and because it's still in a critical period of development, drinking alcohol can impact the way the brain actually ends up developing. So specifically, surveys have found that 50% of kids who start drinking before the age of 14 will go on to develop an addiction in life. So 50%. And this is compared to 9% of kids who waited to drink until they were 21. So drinking early is a huge risk factor. But just because you wait doesn't mean that you're off the hook. I didn't drink until I was 22, but I was already drinking alone at 23. So what this 2022 study found is that drinking alone as a young adult increases your risk of developing severe AUD by 122% compared to your risk if you did not drink alone. So making the same comparison as before with the 100 young adults. So if none of them drink alone, then we'll say 10 will go on to develop a problem. If they all drink alone, then now 22 will develop a problem. So it's a huge risk factor and it makes me feel a little more validated about my situation and why my drinking became something really bad because I was already drinking alone and loving it at 23. A 2018 study published in Addictive Behaviors looked at the link between solitary drinking in college-aged young kids and severe problems from alcohol use later in life. And they found that frequent solitary drinking was linked to loss of control, which is an early indicator of alcohol use disorder. They found a link between solitary drinking and all types of negative consequences from alcohol that they included in the survey. These include things like interpersonal problems, impaired control, low self-esteem, poor self-care, risky behaviors, 
academic or job-related problems, blackout drinking, and hazardous drinking. So hazardous drinking is binge drinking and or drinking above the guidelines, so basically heavy drinking. And they also found that solitary drinking was a predictor of risky behaviors, blackout drinking, and poor self-care. Other studies have found that people who drink alone are more likely to experience higher levels of depression, anxiety, and suicidal thoughts. And due to these issues, they may both withdraw from social interaction and drink heavily to medicate. So here's a quote from the study that I love, where they were discussing why solitary drinking is specifically linked to hazardous drinking or heavy drinking. So it said, one possibility is that solitary drinking may reflect a more persistent and serious style of drinking. So I really like that they call it a serious style of drinking because if you're drinking alone, you really have a point to your drinking. It's not the same as going out with your friends and having a drink. If you're drinking by yourself, you're drinking for a reason. You're drinking to get some kind of outcome. Earlier, I said drinking alone is something women really gravitate towards. So in episode 43, Drinking to Cope, I talked about how men will generally drink for positive reinforcement, meaning they drink to get some type of positive outcome. And women generally drink for negative reinforcement, meaning they drink to avoid some type of negative outcome. So like drinking to avoid anxiety. Well, this new 2022 study that I started talking about at the beginning, found that teen girls who drank alone were at a significant risk of developing AUD later in life. And other recent studies from the past couple of years have found strong associations for women who drink alone and alcohol-related problems compared to men. The percentage of teenage boys who drink alone has been hovering around 30%, for the past 30 years, and it even consistently decreased from 1990 down to about 25% in 2015 before then going back up. But for teenage girls, drinking alone has been steadily increasing from about 15% in the year 2000 up to 23% in 2019. And we know from studies in the past couple years that women drink as much as men do now and women have been significantly increasing the amount of alcohol they drink and the frequency that they binge drink. So of the teens and young adults who report drinking alone, most of them are drinking to cope with negative emotions. And we know that drinking to cope is linked to developing a problem. I think that that's the main reason solitary drinking is such a huge risk factor for developing a problem because it likely means that you're drinking to cope. And I will add that if you are drinking alone in your house, but you're texting people or calling people, that's not the same as socializing. Often we'll say, but I drink socially, I'm talking to people. But if you're alone in your house, that's drinking alone. It doesn't matter if you're drunk texting or drunk calling people, you're still drinking alone. You may just, after a lot of alcohol, feel that you need to reach out for connection, but you're still drinking alone. Another 2020 study published in Addictive Behaviors suggests that drinking alone makes us more sensitive to the self-medicating effects of alcohol and that it creates expectations about how alcohol helps us cope 
and manage negative emotions. Dr. George Koob, who is the director of the National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism, has suggested that the transition from social drinking to problem drinking is marked by a shift in your reason for drinking. Social drinkers drink for positive reinforcement, so to have fun and connect with others. Problem drinkers will typically drink for negative reinforcement, so to cope or to avoid. So when someone moves from drinking socially to drinking alone, they're changing their reason for drinking. We talked about your reasons for drinking and the beliefs that you have around alcohol, also called expectancies, in a few episodes, so I'll put those in the show notes for you if you didn't listen. And this study also found a link between coping motives, drinking alone, and negative consequences for all genders and races. But the link was stronger for women and for racial minorities, suggesting that these groups are more sensitive to the negative impacts of drinking alone. There's some evidence from other studies, too, that the environment that you're drinking in can change your subjective response to alcohol, meaning the way that you perceive the effects of alcohol. So solitary drinking can make us believe that alcohol's more rewarding than it actually is, which then creates this belief that alcohol helps So then you think it's your best friend and the only solution to your problem, and it's really hard to stop drinking. So I know that there are some people who are still on a moderation journey that listen to this podcast, and what seems to be critical here is that you never drink alone. And if you love drinking alone like I did, that's just good information to know about yourself. And for everyone else who's on a sobriety journey, then I hope this helped explain why your drinking got to the place that it did. I think it's really validating how much drinking alone increases your risk of developing a problem. And once you start drinking to cope, you start seeing alcohol as the solution to your problems and the only thing that helps. And it's really hard to get out of that. If you enjoyed this episode, can you do me a quick favor and just go leave a five-star rating and a review somewhere? It helps the podcast get discovered by more people that need this information. So thank you, and I will talk to you next week. And I'm Michaela, and we're the hosts of the Two Sober Girls podcast, and we are on a mission to spill the wild truth about sobriety. Forget the rosé all day cliche. Sobriety is flipping amazing. Absolutely. It's not just about quitting the drink. It's a gift you give yourself and your loved ones. So what are you waiting for? Break up with that old toxic relationship with alcohol and let us show you the possibilities. And here's the thing. Everything your precious heart desires becomes way easier without the influence of alcohol. We're not just two sober girls. We're also wellness coaches. We're here to show you how to optimize health, lifestyle, and beauty, feel sexy and alive as F. 
So stay tuned because we're rolling out new episodes every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts and trust us. They have your name written all over them. We can't wait to share the magic of sobriety and wellness with you. Subscribe to Two Sober Girls Podcast today and come follow us on Instagram for behind the scenes action and send us a DM. We can't wait to meet you.